Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to our first live Texans postgame show of the 2023 season. Robert, along with Sports Radio 610, Sean Bajani, get in the comments as soon as you can do it. We want to hear from you. And Sean, no Laramie Tunsil, no Damian Pierce, no Shaq Mason, no Robert Woods. But what did you think of C.J. Stroud in his NFL debut? Future Hall of Famer or just total bust? Come on. We need a hot take real quick. <laughs> All right. He saw like eight plays, whatever it was. Uh, what was he? Two for four. Uh, you know, I, I don't even have many yards he threw for. I, I don't even. I didn't even look. I don't think seventeen. Thirteen, yards, 13 like yards, one interception, one sack. Yeah. The look. Uh, the interception. It was a bad one. Um, but it's not one that I'm really concerned about. It was a third and twenty-one. Um, you had Schultz open underneath, with literally nobody within like fifteen yards of that dude. That was the easy play. That was the one that he should have thrown. Uh, but he took a chance. Young player, rookie, preseason, trying to fit a ball in. Um, you don't pick up a safety who's, you know, breaking down on a route run by Tank Dell, which was a really good route, by the way. Um, you know, I think it's just a rookie mistake. If it's a regular season game, you'd like to think maybe this is the option that he goes and throws to Schultz, who I think – easily could have made it a fourth and manageable, you know, situation and gotten special teams, you know, further up around midfield to where, you know, you have an opportunity to pin the Patriots deep. That's kind of your mind, the way that you're thinking in the regular season. Um, He knows what he did. Uh, He's smart. They made mention of it on the telecast, and it's something that I see every day um, out at practice. And it's something that D'Amico's talked about before. Bobby Sloak has talked about, even his receivers, Dude doesn't make the same mistake twice. When he when he messes up, he goes back, he fixes it, and he comes right around and he'll he'll improve. So I think that's just kind of what you're hoping to see, you know, this point going forward with Stroud. But it's such a small sample size, which I hate, by the way, because you know, look, you you hold out all these dudes: Tunsil, Pierce, Woods, Mason, Ward, Hughes, Brown, Rankins. Um, you hold all these guys out. You throw a slap line out there. You know, you had Deculus, who not once in training camp to this point has had one single solitary snap unless it's been indoors away from the media at right tackle. You had Dieter at right guard. Fant got the start at left tackle. Green in his normal position and Scruggs at center where he is going to be and where he has been for the last week. That's it. These guys have never played where they played together before. And, you know, Stroud very well could have gotten killed. I hate it. One, if you're going to get a good look at your young franchise quarterback, play the dudes necessary that are going to be responsible for keeping this guy alive. That's one. And then two, if you're going to have such a small sample size with a slap line put together, then you got to give the guy more opportunity. But you better make dang sure that you keep him upright. And I was a little worried about that. So, you know, uh, I could go back and forth. But uh, hopefully he gets better opportunity with a more put together line uh, in the next game. Yeah, you hit a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk to you about. And you mentioned George Fant, who was playing left tackle. Mm -hmm. And you would think he is the favorite to play right tackle. So you would think, let's get him some reps at right tackle. Instead, as you said, Deculus got the start at right tackle. And, Sean, it was just so rough for him. He looked like he was stuck in cement out there at right tackle. 
Yeah. And uh, by the way, let me correct. Deculus did play like three snaps at right tackle, like uh, what's today, Thursday, like maybe Monday or Tuesday's practice, whatever it was. He was in a rotation with uh, uh, Tyler Beach uh, and it was Deculus and maybe it was Fant as well. Uh, because that was the day that Titus, you know, the day after Titus had broken his hand or whatever. So those, all three of those guys got reps at right tackle. Um, now Fant, you know, at left tackle, I feel like, you know, maybe he's interchangeable, but fine. Yeah. You make a great point. It's the point. If you're going to play guys and you need them to play certain positions, why not get them reps at those positions? Um, you know, look, I, it's hard to second guess, you know, a coaching staff. Um, they've got their plan. They've looked so fluid. They've looked so on schedule, um, and run a really good camp, really good practice. And I think, you know, aside from Stroud and his unit in his first two series tonight, when Mills came in and certainly when Keenum was in there for his three series, this offense, no matter who they had on the line, it's obvious that it's very well run, very well coached. They were on schedule. There wasn't a lot of confusion in terms of where guys should be, where they need to go, where they need to line up. So in that regard, um, you got to have, you got to have a little bit of, you know, albeit maybe the size of a mustard seed at this point, just because of what history has uh, shown us, but you got to have a little bit of faith in these guys that they know what the heck they're doing this year. And they do. Get in the comments. I've waited six minutes to talk about the man of the hour. Now we got to talk about him. He's not wearing his Cougs hat tonight, but Sean has got a big grin because he knows what I'm going to talk about. It's Tank Dell. He was alongside Nico to start the game firmly ahead of Mechie on the depth chart. And Sean, what a debut. Whose house was it up in New England today? Man, five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown in the first half. And that last drive, it was all tank. And then even before that, you know, he had back-to-back-to-back completions or catches, rather, for eight yards, 12 yards, and then six yards with the miraculous touchdown that that was. It was fantastic. When I saw him make that catch in the end zone, the first play, for some reason, that came to my mind was that ridiculous catch years back that DeAndre Hopkins made where he leapt up and I think came down with the ball with his left hand. It was a one-handed grab, went around his back and like through his legs. And it was a preseason game or a regular season game. I don't remember, but it didn't count. It didn't count because of a penalty or something like that. And that was the first one that came to my mind. And I'm waiting on this thing to be reviewed and for confirmation. And it was confirmed. And I was like, man, this has got to be one of the greatest catches in Texans history for any kind of game, and it actually counted, albeit a preseason game. Tank was the truth tonight, and it was funny because, you know, I'm pounding out some tweets because Tank got me going uh, on on the low ball that was kind of low and it was slightly behind him that he actually came up with uh, earlier in the game with Davis Mills throwing it to him. And, you know, he told him, he's like, hey, man, get the ball up. Get the, yeah, immediately. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a hilarious moment and so yeah. ironic. But that showed you the confidence that a young guy has. And people on Twitter, you know, just saying like, hey, you know, this guy's going to be a player. Field Yates, NFL insider, uh, like moments later, put out a tweet saying, hey, I updated my uh, 2023 fantasy rankings. And he's got like Tank Dell as number four or number three on his list behind mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Justin Jefferson and whoever else. I can't remember, but it's like, yeah, 
I thought to myself, you know what? Like Cougar fans, people in Houston, they knew about this guy. They knew who he was. They'd watched him play before. They knew he was the truth in college and thought that his game and athleticism would translate well to the NFL. I'm one of those. I am still slightly worried about his size a little bit, but he shows no fear going in the middle and making plays. He shows no fear in in, in his uh, just athletic ability against whoever, and he just gets open. And it's going to be up to these quarterbacks, whoever it ultimately ends up being this regular season, to make sure they can get this playmaker the ball because that's exactly who he is and what he does is a dude that makes plays. People, people around the NFL, Robert, and people around this country, they still don't know. And I'm telling you, if this dude's able to stay healthy and they can get him the ball more times than not, people are going to pay attention to him. And he's going to be talked about uh, a lot this year as a dude in this league. Yeah, and you know that C.J. Stroud loves him and thinks he can do stuff because he was trying to force the ball into Tank, and there was a couple other guys open on that play, but he saw Tank down the field. You know, he's trying to convert this long third – I think it was – what was it, third and 21 or something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then not only that, Tank Dell, his worst play of the game might have been the touchdown because he probably should have caught it the first time it hit his hands but still keeps his concentration, makes the fantastic play, keeps his feet, his butt, everything inbounds. Just an extraordinary play just to do that. And then Tank Dell, every time you watched a replay and they showed Tank Dell, he was just blowing by his guy. He was making a move. He was by his guy. There was space there. You know, it just it reminded me, and I, I, this might be a little hyperbole. It's preseason game number one, but why not? It's We might as well do it. He looked a little like Tyreek Hill, Dell. That's who he looked like, a guy that's just going to make space. He's explosive. And, Sean, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool when you start, you know, thinking about the possibilities, you know, of a guy who possesses that kind of athleticism. And that's really what it all comes down to because, look, there's a lot of fast dudes out there, uh, regardless of their size, their stride. Um, the guy's just quick. He's outright fast. He's got some really good hands that he showed tonight. I thought, you know, showed better hands tonight than really any point uh, up until the last couple of days of camp this week, um, which I thought was his best week by far. Maybe he smelt a game coming. Uh, Maybe he'd realized, you know what, I'm going to get to play in an actual football game for the first time in a hot minute. So uh, maybe he's a little juiced for that because there's no doubt that he's just a dog. I mean, that's just the way people talk about him. And, you know, you've heard that word used quite a bit over the course of the last couple of years, thanks to a guy like Laramie Tunsil, who said the same thing about him. Dude's just a dog. And it's so true. Um, he says it so much about so many guys, maybe it loses a little bit of it, loses a little bit of its luster, but uh, Tank is a, is a dog and he, he has no fear. And uh, that's, that's number one. If he's going to be able to survive in this league, uh, you know, at 5'8", 165, if he's up to 170, whatever, um, there's really no weight that you could, uh, here come from him to make you feel completely comfortable about his size just because of the way that he plays the game. But when you're that fast, you can throw out any comparison you want to. It's a question of, is he going to get open? Is he going to beat his guy? Is he going to come up with a catch? Yeah, and we could get him into a, we can get him into a James Harden fat suit or something like that. Show, show a little bit more weight for him. And and then after, <laughs> after the Stroud interception, <clears throat> we got to talk about another rookie because the defense they get a big sack from Denzel Perryman, bookmark Denzel Perryman. I'm going to come back to him, Sean. But mm-hmm. what impressed me the most on that sack was how Will Anderson yeah. got off the edge, 
beat his guy, and then helped collapse the po- <coughs> excuse me helped collapse the pocket quickly. You know, um, I watched that play about 10 times in a row before he came on. It was awesome. And, yeah, you want to see what Will Anderson was doing there. And then I look a little bit to his right, you know, and see the interior line. Uh, it was uh, number 97. Uh, who do I have? Not 97. Who's 97? Hassan Ridgeway. You know, Hassan Ridgeway, he was double teamed. Guy comes off of the double team of Ridgeway and goes to Anderson, tries to reach him. Anderson is already in the backfield, beats his guy. But the key to that is the scheme, because you know from watching Anderson at Alabama, the dude's going to get way outside, and he's so fast, athletic, and so strong with that one arm, he's getting into the backfield, period, okay? It's going to be the other ways that he's going to have to get creative when they try to block him. But the key to this was really two things. It was scheme, and it was the execution of Denzel Perryman who'd lined up at the line of scrimmage over the middle, showing blitz, fakes the drop back, and then goes. Once the blocks are set on the interior lineman, and I don't know who the other guy was next to Ridgeway on the right side of Perryman, but blocks are set, and it just opened up like the Red Sea, and Perryman just goes and makes that play. I guess it had to be Collins because he got initial credit, I think, for that sack, and then – um uh, they gave it to Perryman, I think, outright. But uh, it was just a fantastic call, uh, setup, scheme by Colin, uh, by D'Amico Ryans and Matt Burke. And that got me excited. That play alone got me excited about what we could see schematically from Ryans this season, coupled with, you know, look, we mentioned all the dudes that were out in this ball game tonight. Um, and, you know, hopefully they all stay healthy. But we've poured over all the additions that they've made via the draft and certainly free agency and the players that they've retained, especially the ends, you know, like Jonathan Bernard, Jerry Hughes, it got me really excited from a personnel standpoint, coupled with the scheme about this defense this year. Yeah. It wasn't just a couple of guys that we're going to be talking about, but frankly, the whole defense looked good. I'm going to have some numbers for you a little bit later, but CJ Stroud struggled, but the rookies otherwise looked really good. We mentioned tank. We mentioned Will Anderson. How about Henry Toa Toa, who was everywhere, everywhere? I mean, he was flying around, making plays. And, Sean, he showed me the instincts at linebacker. We haven't seen much over the last two years from Texans linebackers. Yeah, I think the first play that he made tonight, it was on the defense's third uh, series, uh, made a nice play on the Patriots running back who caught a swing pass in the flat. And that was, uh, you know, on a third and short, I believe, maybe like a third and two or uh, maybe it was a third and one. Maybe it went for no gain because I know it brought up a fourth and one. But I like that play for a linebacker like that who's, look, he's lined up literally in the middle. He's got a ways to go. He got his eyes immediately in the backfield on his guy. That running back leaves out. He's got to sift um, and follow him to the flat and just made a nice disciplined play. Um, you know, for, for, for a linebacker. Look, and this is a guy who called the defense at Alabama. Uh, you know, as a team captain there. You know, he knows what he's doing. Um, and he looked, he looked like a veteran tonight, to be honest with you. And I know who he was playing against, you know, some twos, some threes, not many ones out there at that point in time. Um, but he made plays and it got you excited again about the defense. And it really comes down to scheme. Number one thing that these guys, regardless of who, you know, they are right now and who they maybe project to be in this defense is they talk about D'Amico and, and Matt Burke putting them in position to make plays. 
Um, and we know, look, the secondary last year specifically, they, they did a nice job, you know, towards the end of the season, especially they came up with a lot of picks. Um, you know, they made plays, but they had a lot of dudes back there. That's why you're excited about the defense uh, this season, coupled with the improved, much improved interior and pass rush capability. When your linebackers are able to do that, because a lot of pressure is put on them in this scheme with everything so spread out at times, um, it should get you excited. So I think the fact that Henry Toa Toa did shine tonight and really look, you kind of go up and down. Uh, a lot of guys made plays tonight. Jake Hansen in with the threes and fours, you know, tonight. Uh, he was moving around really well out there at the linebacker spot, making some plays. Number one takeaway tonight, though, for me defensively, is this team just tackled well. And oh, yeah. It, that, that, to me, is the number one thing that you have to talk about defensively. Because, and that really, it, it, it again goes back to credit Ryans and Burke for this scheme putting guys in position to make plays and not leaving the secondary for the ones to, you know, have mop up duty, your linebackers, your interior should be the ones getting to the football first and making sure they're wrapping up. And that's what you saw tonight. You saw some good thumps. And Denzel Perryman, I mentioned him before four tackles, two solo, one sack, Mm -hmm. one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss. And I feel like he played not much more than CJ Stroud did but he was everywhere and yeah. the Texans linebackers who have been practically invisible for two years, Sean, you look at Christian Harris. I saw make a play out there just up and down. I mean, this is not one or two guys. Like you said, this is, was a team defensive effort. And let me just throw the stats out at you because let's just, let's forget everything after the case Keenum touchdown pass halfway through the fourth quarter, Texans offense, 283 total yards. Patriots 105, Texans 58 total plays, Patriots 35, Texans 17 first downs, Patriots four at that point, halfway through the fourth quarter, they had that late drive, but let's just, I'm going to say, once you get to the four and five guys out there, you know, fourth and fifth uh, string, uh, let's, let's just stop it right there and see where they were. And and that was great. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. You know, like I told you, I kind of, I didn't totally tune out around the nine minute mark in the fourth quarter, but it was hard because my three-year-old absolutely started losing his mind. I guess uh, he couldn't stand watching the fours and fives out there. Maybe to him, it didn't feel like real football. (laughs) I was excited by the way, this was tonight uh, his first real football game to kind of watch. And he did pretty well for three and a half quarters. So I'm excited about that, but yeah, um, you mentioned it. You can literally name every single linebacker um, on this depth chart nearly. And, and they all showed some really good things. But uh, I ultimately think it just boils down to the way that D'Amico and Matt Burke have coached these guys up, what the scheme is doing for these players at their position. They're there to make plays. You know, there was a play, and I, I can't remember what series it was on. It was uh, fairly early, maybe middle portion of the game. It was another fourth and one, and the Texans stacked the box. Um, they, they stuffed the run again. And it was, it was just emblematic of like maybe the polar opposite. Really, is what I want to say is the polar opposite of what you saw last year. I mean, that felt like a regular season game. You know, a, a, a situation where the game is on the line. They stack the box, and it was just best on best. And it, I think it went for a one yard TFL. I don't remember who exactly made the play. It's like two or three guys in on it, and that's just that swarm mentality. And people heard so much about that 
and it becomes almost like meaningless until you're able to put it, you know, put your eyes on it, what that looks like. You saw a good brand of that tonight. I think the brand of football that D'Amico wants this defense to play, which, by the way, is interesting because the last day they were on the field at training camp uh, was Tuesday. Wednesday was an off day, no availability to media, probably a little walkthrough day and travel day for him yesterday. But D'Amico said, look, our defense was not good today. It came out with no energy. You know, guys weren't making plays. Guys weren't hyped up. Um, and I think it was Christian Harris on Tuesday who'd made a play in the backfield, uh, stuffing the run or something like that, got a TFL, and that hyped everybody up. And D'Amico went out there and pat him on the head and, you know, just excited and said, man, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, let's go, let's go. And from that point on, the defense was kind of rejuvenated. And so I, I think, you know, look, this is still early in the process, but in the defense and just this team in general is going to have moments like that, but they have the right coach, you know, to get them back in line, back on track and refocused. And so I think you saw a lot of the, the fruits of that labor tonight. Yeah, we talked about some of the rookies, a guy that's a rookie, even though we forget he's a rookie, but John Mechie, congratulations to cool. him. First yeah. catch in 614 days on a on a sort of real game, I guess, if you want to call the preseason a real game. It's still a scrimmage, but still not 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 something that should go unnoticed with John Mechie. And really, if you count him as a rookie, Sean, this is a class that could, you know, go up there with the the rookie class maybe in that D'Amico class that we saw where you had a bunch of guys but it's starting to look like that CJ Stroud of course is going to be the most important guy from the rookie class but with Tank Dell and Henry Toa Toa showing you something and John Mechie uh Juice Scruggs we still that's a wait and see that's going to be an important factor but Will Anderson showed his stuff and you know Xavier ha had a catch I want to see some more Xavier I'd like to see him more play in the first half with with the, the big boys a little yeah. bit the next game um but yeah i mean this rookie class for the texans looks as good as any rookie class that i've ever seen come in with the texans that uh that catch by uh hutchinson from keenum on that bootleg that was a thing of beauty it got that got me excited too man uh i missed that bootleg i missed the hell out of that bootleg it looked uh eerily similar to uh what we saw for so many years at u of h you know keenum running with that cougar offense uh, to, you know, what uh, he did one time, once upon a time ago. And, you know, we got eight years of the Kubiak offense here already before. Uh, it got me excited because you might have the right quarterback, um, in place now. If it's Stroud, um, you know, much sooner than later, if he's really able to just, uh, kind of control this and hone in on, on making, the the must have plays, you know, like the one he missed that went for an interception tonight to Thornton. Um, you got to have those. You got to take what the defense has given you in those instances. And I mean, my gosh, Hutchinson was wide open. And I love the fact that Keenum, I think it was the very next play, went right back to Hutchinson, tried to run like a little uh, back shoulder fade to the left corner of the end zone. And Hutch just had a little trouble getting off of uh, uh, the initial contact from the corner. Uh, but I like taking a shot there. And look, it goes back to what players have said. Um, this this training camp already about Bobby Slowick. He's been described a, a lot of ways, but all very similar. Number one word that I think is most common when you describe Bobby Slowick is aggressive. And you saw the aggressiveness in, in terms of the play calling there. You ain't going to see too much, but there's only so much you can actually withhold. 
you know, from an offense. And we've heard about the volume of this playbook and scheme offensively from Sloak and what he's taken from Shanahan and is kind of trying to put his own fingerprints on. You can only withhold so much. At the end of the day, football's football. There's only so many routes and combinations you can run. You saw how aggressive he could be tonight, even just it was a little bit of a sample size. But I, I'm excited about that, and I agree with you. I want to see Hutch, you know, catch some balls earlier in the game, you know, with more of the ones, you know, twos that we're going to see on the regular out there with this team. Go back to the Mechie catch. It was a screen that worked. I've been watching a lot of Texans football over the years. We don't see a lot of screens that work, and, you know, that was a big deal. I'm going to go with uh, a guy now that really struggled. You know, C.J. Stroud struggled, struggled, of course. Uh, Fullback Andrew Beck, rough, rough game for him. He was helped off the field with an injury to start the second half. That's something you could maybe speak to, Sean, because of, you know, this concern about the depth there with, uh, Troy Harrison's been out as well, but when he played, it didn't look good. Missed blocks on two of the first three plays of the game. I was paying attention to what he was doing out there because, you know, you haven't heard a whole lot about him and I wanted to see it. He missed blocks on two of the first three plays of the game. One of them, guys slipped by him, got in the backfield and sort of helped blow up that play. He also had the drop on third down, which would have been an easy first down halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. So it just it did not look good for Beck. And now, you know, he might be the fullback position. We know it's important in this uh, offense, right? 100%. It's very important. Um, people don't talk about it near enough. Um, and look, I, I brought it up to a couple of people uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks of training camp and that uh, you, you got you got Beck. Who else? Because Hairston's been on pup and now he's on IR, you know, with a herniated disc or whatever his situation is, um, and you're you're not holding your breath for him to come back. You know, the Texans signed Dalton Keene, number forty, who you saw tonight get that uh, uh, the touch. Didn't he score a touchdown? Uh, he got that carry into the end zone, uh, or maybe he fell short. I can't. I guess he fell short. Um, but you have not once seen him line up at fullback this training camp. You know, he's gotten tight end reps, as obviously we know that that room's been banged up with Tegan Quatoriano, uh, you know, yet to uh, take a, a, a training camp snap. He starts every morning on the side field doing his rehab work. Um, you know, Brevin Jordan's been banged up. Uh, they have Eric Tomlinson, you know, in camp with the Texans. And I think he might have even gotten banged up the other day. I mean, it's just one after the other. And so I thought whenever Keen got that carry, um tonight immediately to myself i was like you know what like beck missed the play that all was already a little concerning but the fact that you mentioned the miss blocks and he gets hurt on special teams a guy that is supposed to be so important to you you're giving him this much run in the preseason i thought that was curious first half first play of the second half was that play by the way keen did have a touchdown right there what about uh, what about? The, I just wanted to say, like, yeah. I, I think it's really important to kind of keep an eye on these other guys, you know, like Dalton King and maybe uh, Keen. And whenever Tegan Quintoriano does come back, and if Brevin Jordan does come back, you know, I think those guys are kind of viewed maybe more so like a Jordan and certainly Keen now from what we've seen. He's a little smaller of a guy, more more like Beck is to you know Tegan's size, who. It's kind of an every player, you know, like Schultz, you know, pretty good blocker, good getting off the line, can catch and traffic and that sort of thing. True tight end, right? 
Texans seem to have a little bit of hybrid, you know, in them. And it's what this offense is kind of calling for in that H-back position, like Beck is going to play. He's not really a true fullback. The gimmicky thing about him is he'll start in the backfield as a fullback, but go in motion, split out, double tight end set, and he might stay in the block. He might go out for a pass, whatever. You can get creative with him. I think Texans have some contingency plans in mind with the depth, and it's not so much, but with the depth like guys like Keen, and if Tegan comes back, if Brevin comes back healthy before the regular season, I think they have some stuff in mind for those guys. Yeah, what I was going to ask you was, what about Shrek? He had a couple of catches. Do you think he could play a little bit of fullback as well as tight end? Uh, You know, like just his body type, I, I wouldn't say so. You know, he looks more like a traditional, you know, tight end type to me. And look, him catching a, a you know, a ball uh, in traffic. Uh, he's very similar to me, to Tegan Pretoriano in terms of what they do well. I, I liked him last year, Mason Shrek and Tegan. They got off the line. They, they're pretty solid blockers. They can catch. They can catch in traffic uh, through contact. They can get you some yak. I liked their ability. Um, the thing is, is, you know, do the Texans, you know, try that? Are they going to be forced into something like doing that with uh, a Shrek? I don't really foresee it for him, but I could see it happening with like a Brevin Jordan type. Uh, maybe Tegan could do it too. I don't know. I just tell you this. Um, I really like what I saw from Keen because, again, he's a little smaller, stockier build of a guy, and he just fits that body type at the fullback, tight end, that H-back position that you'd want. So uh, Keen could turn out to be a guy for him, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans sign another uh, guy uh, this weekend and, and you know have him in uniform next week for camp. You want to say anything about Davis Mills? Nine for 12, 99 yards, 126 pass rating. It looks good on paper. One TD, no interceptions. I thought they said running back was a quarterback's best friend. I think now you can switch that to Tank Dell. Uh, Tank Dell is a quarterback's best friend. You know, the numbers look really, really good because of what Dell did during his time on the field with Mills. Uh, Just that drive alone, uh, he went for 50 yards. And the play before that to even get him in position on the punt return, he gave you 13. Plus, I thought it was a really nice punt return. You saw, you know, the quick burst, this quick decision-making. Um. So, look, Mills to Stroud and even to Keenum, especially for Keenum, which I thought was really impressive tonight, but we'll get to him in a minute. I just thought when when we asked D'Amico Ryans earlier this week, ultimately, what do you want to see out of C.J. Stroud and all these rookies on Thursday? It, it was not how he's throwing the ball, not, you know, any type of performance thing. It's can you get these guys lined up? Can you command a huddle? Can you stay on schedule? Can you get the ball out? And I think he checked all those boxes. I think Mills checked all those boxes. Look, he didn't take care of the football. Stroud didn't take care of the football. That's kind of been – that was Mills's M.O. a little bit last year, right? I mean, I think three out of the last four games of the season, he combined for four fumbles. And that's how he started the season last year was Mills. That's a concern that you have when things get tight, when things get trafficy in the pocket. You know, he struggled with that because he hangs onto the ball so dang long. Uh, that was the one instance tonight where, you know, we just couldn't get it out in time. And I, I think ultimately if you're scoring, you know, at home, you got a chance to see much more Mills four series he had tonight. You have to say, give him his, give him his props. He did a really good job of checking all those boxes aside from that one turnover. Um, and that, if you're slow, if you're Ryan's, is ultimately what you want to see, at least for preseason game number one. 
Yeah, really. I mean, Davis Mills, if he could just, if you could probably trade him now for a third or fourth round pick, but the other team would require that you send Tank Dell with him in that trade. And then, and then they would go, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I could see it. Now we Unless can. they have that dude in house somewhere already, which is not likely. Uh, there's not many tanks out there, man. Um, you know, just watching case to get to him. I, I just think it's, it was so impressive, man. And I'm not shocked. I mean, the guy's been around the league now 11 years, uh, has worked with so many different teams, so many different types of players and personnel and, uh, very similar though, offensively. Um, just to command a huddle with new guys constantly coming in and out and the offense just running on time and smooth. Yes. Like, like there was just, there was no hiccups. And that in itself is impressive for one reason. The, the consistency with, with personnel groupings and timing wise, where you have to be lined up, when you have to get off. The precise, like little tiny details that Sloic has in this offense that are necessary to execute to make it effective was for Case Keenum tonight with a bunch of dudes that, to be quite honest with you, hadn't thrown many passes to. Case Keenum got like two reps in the last two practices. (laughs) You know, um, Davis Mills, you know, in situational football, got just as many. Like he didn't. They haven't had time to work on this stuff with these guys. That was really, really impressive. And it just goes to show you everything that's up here for Keenum and how he's able to communicate, you know, behind closed doors in the film room, the meeting rooms with the wide receivers, the offensive linemen, the tight ends, the backs. So when you do step on a football field, it's going to be execution. As long as you take care of your job and run your route, that ball is going to be there. That's this offense in a nutshell. Uh, I thought it was really well done uh, by certainly Keenum. And Mills did a very nice job, too. Just didn't get a chance to see enough, not near enough, of C.J. Stroud to make any sort of determination on him. Yeah, and this is a big deal, Sean. And that's what I was going to kind of close with. Just a very impressive performance by the defense in this game. We saw flashes from some some guys offensively like Tank Dell. But you got to see a lot more of C.J. Stroud in this second game because let's remember, there are only three preseason games now. It's not the old days. There's not four. So that's, to me, was the real, one of the real shocks of seeing so little of C.J. Stroud in this one. And, you know, it's, it's very plain to see. You just talked about Case Keenum, Sean, and I just feel like it's, 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 there's no debate. If, if, if C.J. Stroud's not ready, if you don't think he's ready for week one, then Case Keenum should be out on the football field, not Davis Mills, just because I want somebody out there that, you know, has been around, can show you some stuff. But, you know, I, it, it looks like they want CJ to be out there. And to me, this this game, too, boy, it, it's as big as anything to see where the Texans can be early in the season with CJ Stroud as the quarterback, like how much he plays. And we got to see Laramie Tunsil and Chuck Mason out there. It's not fair. Like you you said it perfectly. It's not fair to him. Yeah, it's it's really not, and I think even the coaches know that. But ultimately, this this might tell us more than we realize in in how little they played Tank Dell, and when they did play him, why those dudes weren't out there. In that, their expectations for him uh, in the early going might be very very low compared to the rest of ours. Right? Um, they might be 
very systematically, you know, moving him along in his progression, right? Um, we're through 11 days of training camp and only three out of those 11 days, maybe it was four. I had to go back and look at my notes, but had we seen CJ Stroud exclusively with the ones as opposed to him and Davis Mills in a rotation. So this is still very early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the feeling that I got just listening to D'Amico speak and Bobby speak and just hearing a lot of the guys talk about uh, Stroud and even listening to Stroud himself is that they're waiting to see how these preseason games go in his preparation and his execution. Um, and quite literally, you know, D'Amico's not going to be a guy, at least not yet, because um, this is his first time in this role. You can only PR guys up so much, is what I like to say. D'Amico's probably going to be a little bit more forthright and transparent at this stage of his early NFL head coaching career than he might become down the road. And I think he flat out told us the other day what exactly he wanted to see from Stroud. We can kind of, you know, brush that off and say, yeah, 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 that's coach speak. But I think it might be very literal and meaningful. That was the most important thing for a guy. And it might tell you everything you need to know about what they think and what they expect of Stroud at this moment in time. Um, What I would say, I was thinking, you know, through Stroud, get two series tonight, man. Threw the ball four times uh, for 13 yards or whatever it was and a pick. When's the last time a guy who had done everything that he did at Ohio State, when's the last time that dude couldn't get back out on a football field after making a mistake like that and put a drive together? When's the last time, you know, he just had to sit there on the sideline and think about that? When's the last time that dude played just two series and played like that with such, you know, a guy so juiced up that's so – that has that dog in him that has that chip on his shoulder. Like I got to go beat this guy. I got to go beat that guy. Everything that he's done to this point in his career. When's the last time you had to stifle that when he had to have that stifle. And so he's got to be hungry. I I guarantee you nobody's looking forward to camp more than he is uh, getting back started on Monday than, or than CJ Stroud. So, or Sunday, whenever the heck it is. Um, But I I, kind of want to see how he reacts to that, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you, you know, like, Let's see how this plays out. He might have a fantastic week and a terrific game next Saturday. Um, we'll see. But if he doesn't, and if we kind of start to notice, you know, this small type of progression, I'm not going to say I told you so, but there is a very large sample size out there that says more times than not, over the course of history and even recent history, rookie quarterbacks taken as high as he is in the first round or was, just don't start week one because they're not ready yet. And I think the Texans do, to some degree, owe it to themselves to make sure that if this guy's the future, that he's as ready as possible to go out there and execute and try to win football games for this team. And if he's not ready week one, he's not ready. You play Tom Savage in the first half, and then he starts looking like one of the great quarterbacks of all time. That's what you do if you go to the Texans. Tom Savage is the key. Let's get him back in the building. Let's let him get sacked a few times in the first half. In week one, well, we also- got Keenum, baby. You got Keenum, and you know, to be quite honest with you, if Mills continues to look as good as he did, um, you know, tonight, be it a preseason game playing against twos and threes, uh, it's really ultimately about how comfortable and how much of a fit he is in this offense and the weapons that he has around him. 
And look, Collins wasn't on the field for him. He had Tank Dell. He had John Mechie. Um, you know, he had Sims. Uh, maybe he had Schultz a little bit. I can't remember. But it was mainly Shrek and Dalton Keene. Like, you're doing that with those guys. You know, you're in a, 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 a slap-together offensive line. It's pretty good, you know. And yeah, you it's it's a that. bad Patriots. I mean, I don't think this is. is anything special as a Patriots team, number one. Number two, he's starting, you know, most of that second quarter, I would assume. I don't know the Patriots that well. I assume we're talking about second and third team guys. So sure. it's hard for me to get excited about anything Davis Mills did. I still saw some of the weird inaccuracies of Davis. I'm not going to. Yeah. And, and Davis, if, if, we talked about it before. And you, if you want to bring it up, Sean, and you want to piss off the fans, fine. But the, the, the Texans organization would get booed out of the building. They would bomb. They would ex, they would send a bomber into the building and explode the whole place. If, if Davis Mills is a starting quarterback in week one, at least Case Keenum is beloved by the fan base because of his Cougar days and because, you know, he's Case Keenum. But Davis Mills would just not be acceptable. And uh, before we close it out, I just I got to I, I can't go without mentioning that the Texans won 20 to nine. And Davis, D'Amico Ryan's won his first game as a coach, and Bill O'Brien is still a loser. And Bill O'Brien lost the game, and that, we know who Bill O'Brien is, and that's that's Bill O'Brien. But yeah, I just had to, I just had to close with that one, Sean. I thought, uh, you know, along those lines, I, I really thought about it today. It like hit me. I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? You know, I gotta go work tonight. You know, do the pod, watch a Texans game. I'm like, Texans, Patriots. Wait a minute, this is so cool. Like the irony in this whole thing, you know, the Texans are literally officially starting a new era of football in Houston with the Miko Ryans and CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, like all of the excitement, but just a new era in Houston against literally the guy that is largely responsible for ending the old era of Houston football. Uh, and it was just, it's crazy to think about. And the fact that D'Amico Ryan's, the defense that he's put together with this personnel in, 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 in his, you know, uh, conjunction with GM, general manager Nick Casario did what they did tonight, albeit a preseason game, but against offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. One late trash touchdown was all Bill O'Brien could yeah. get against D'Amico Ryan's defense. That was very, very cool and, and, and very fitting. Um, and at least like, look, it wasn't what you thought you had in your mind of what you wanted it to look like for CJ Stroud, but some of it was because Will Anderson looked dang good and what little he was out there. Tank Dell, you know, showed that he very well could be the truth. Um, you saw a lot of really good things tonight. So ultimately, uh, oh, you get the win in the win column, but you get a win in so many other ways, but. Um, for a lot of people still hanging on to that, that are going to have that vengeance and vitriol against Bill O'Brien, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, maybe forever, getting a win against him tonight. That was huge. Yeah, one says, let's call him Jeff Glee what we see. CJ struggles very badly in his first appearance. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, but stop massaging an ugly performance. I don't think we've massaged an ugly performance. I just said he got four throws, dude. He got four throws with his, yeah. with a, uh, offensive line that was not the first team offensive line and looked like a joke out there. Yeah, it was a bad throw, but you know, it was his first series in his entire NFL career with not much help out there. So, I mean, w you know, we, you listen to the whole thing, listen to us from the start. 
we didn't sugarcoat it, you know, and, and he's got to be better than that, but it's his first game. First, basically a first possession, first possession. Um, so yeah, yeah, just keep all of that in mind, but, uh, stay with us. We're going to keep bringing you the Texans post games, uh, next week. We'll have a show early in the week, our typical Monday slot, I believe. And then, you know, we'll have a Texans post game next Saturday as usual. Uh, look forward to that. Look forward to bringing you guys everything uh, that's going on this entire Texan season. Sean will be out there all the time. He's out at NRG Stadium. He's out at the practice facility. So you you definitely want to stick with us and uh, tell your friends about us that uh, this is what we're doing. We're having a blast talking Texans all year long. Texans win 20 to 9. That's it from Houston Sports Talk. We'll talk to you again next week. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.